Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Katie Henriksen, and you're listening to my podcast, Sound Off. In each episode, I talk to people making music challenging the status quo. Today, that's with guest Anthony McGill. He's the principal clarinetist of the New York Philharmonic and the first African-American to ever hold a principal chair with that symphony organization. In late May, in response to the murder of George Floyd and systematic police brutality against black people, he launched the movement Take Two Knees, where he challenged other musicians to take two knees on social media. He's also in this incredible trio with his brother, flutist Damari McGill, and pianist Michael McHale as the McGill-McHale Trio. Now, I can't wait for you to experience our conversation and some of his music. We'll do just that right after this quick break. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In late May, Anthony McGill wrote, On social media, What the news this week and most weeks of my life demonstrates is that black lives didn't matter in our glorified past and still don't matter that much today. Then he challenges other musicians to take two knees in the struggle for social justice and decency. No guidelines? Your message, your voice, your mission, your focus. Just take two knees for what you believe in. Pass it along. Let's try this again and put a spotlight on this evil. It turned into hundreds of musicians, dancers, taking two knees in their tributes. Yeah, that I mean, those first few weeks as well, those first days of this, when I just started seeing these tributes and these comments pour in, what I saw was that there were a community of people that also were they were just feeling the same way of people that just felt so helpless in this time we couldn't leave our homes we couldn't couldn't get up and and do anything and oftentimes the events that are happening in the world seem so far away but that doesn't mean that we can't connect with them and try to communicate how much we all desire things to get better for for people you know oppressed people and for racial justice and equality so I started hearing these things that first week, and it brings me back to a place of, of great inspiration, but also of great sadness. 
um, it was a really vulnerable place for me as an individual, but it also lifted me up to see so many people also just, just saying, you know, we stand or we take two knees with you. It fills me up with hope. Problem is sometimes you can feel, you know, hopeless regarding some of these issues that are plaguing us and what the connection to other musicians and just other people and artists, dancers who are participating in this um, just gives me hope that we can all unite and, and kind of change. You know, we think, oh, well, we can't really change the world. The world is what it is. It's and all of it's bad, all of it. But actually as artists, as musicians, I think we, in a way we do have a, a responsibility to, to, if we can and when we can, to use our art form for good, to see this outpouring of unity was just uh, really inspiring. You know, music has been the soundtrack for so many moments in our history, collective history and humanity, of course, and it's always been there. Part of the reason I think songs without words can communicate sometimes much deeper than songs with words or even speeches or, um, you know, the written word. And the reason why, you know, of course, I love music is that it can reach inside the spirit, you know, it can reach into the heart. And I really think it can move people to create change. It can move people to do better. It can move people to create change in their own lives personally. I mean, music spoke to me in such a way that it changed just my life altogether. It's really powerful when music can unite. And it's a very powerful force, I believe, for movements you know you look at the the civil rights movement in the 60s and how music and that sort of celebration of the powerful nature of music to help unite a movement unite a country unite a world around something that is was challenging to do is a is a really beautiful example of of the possibility there and this is this has always been the case. This is nothing new. We always feel like we can't we can't express enough. Sometimes with words, it's just not enough. And as musicians, we spend most of our time expressing it through sound, just just sound. And I think that's a powerful thing. 
Hey everyone, if you're liking what you hear about music here on Sound Off, be sure to check out this awesome podcast from iHeartRadio, Rivals, Music Greatest Feuds. Every week, hosts Stephen and Jordan debate on some of the biggest beefs in musical history. Biggie versus Tupac, Eminem versus Machine Gun Kelly, or even Simon versus Garfunkel. Be sure to tune in and see what side of the arguments you land on. Was Kanye in the right to cut off Taylor Swift? Or who was the 70s true piano man? Listen and subscribe to Rivals, Music's Greatest Feuds, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a very distinct time for coming together through music, I guess. And maybe I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what it's been like um, not being able to perform in a symphony or, or a big ensemble. That the social connection to being in a space with lots of other people, appreciating music and making music or recreating pieces, I think that some of us have taken for granted over many years, you know, that we just thought, oh, of course, you go to a concert, you listen to live music with a whole bunch of people. And we never really thought about the circumstance or the reality of what that is. You know, I guess in a way, it's like one of these situations where absence makes the heart grow fonder. But you never thought that there would be that absence. You know, it just seemed like such a normal part of existence that we would be able to enjoy live music together with large groups and just the memory of the sound of an orchestra. That's something that I think about a lot. I remember the just the sheer size of the sound of acoustic instruments in a space is something that I think I've taken for granted for most of my career just that the sheer size of that sound without amplification, especially because we're all on devices now, nothing in in my house could ever be as loud as a symphony orchestra really, you know, and like to be there and present for it. So that's, there's, that's one aspect of it. And the kind of energy transfer of, of being with people is something that I miss the computer is a great way to see and and kind of interact in some way with with that music but there's a piece that is the human interaction which is like being in a room being having that energy that that you can kind of feel the sound coming into you next to you around you is something that i think we all miss what the virtual and what the technology has allowed us to do is to simulate that in a way to simulate that that experience and to use our creativity in ways that we never thought we'd ever have to use (laughs) and to connect to connect with our community to in a way play chamber music with each other via you know social media via computers (laughs) via email it's it's the weirdest thing when when we can go to the concert hall again and experience that sound in the concert hall. Maybe what, like, what would be the one piece that you'd, you'd just be floored to like hear in that concert hall? That is a really interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what piece might, and this might just be because it's on the mind and I'm talking to someone about the piece coming up. 
shortly. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. to say that it would sound new again. You know, everyone tries to do that. Every, every conductor you work with tries to say, let's try to make this sound like it's as shocking as it was back when people heard it the first time in a space. And, you know, maybe all of the, the pieces, new pieces and old pieces, will sound shocking to hear in person. So not only just Beethoven V, but any new work, I think it's going to take on a whole different meaning like I think if you if you appreciate the people in the space and the amount and the sheer size and the peculiar sounds you may hear, you know that's the thing. We the expectation of a melody or the expectation of a traditional thing like Beethoven, a Beethoven five, maybe that I think for me, it'll just be expanded. So I'll just give you an example. I remember earlier this summer, or maybe I guess it was before the summer we started this. Uh, quarantine. About a month or two in, I hadn't gone outside for very long at all. Like I had, I was just inside. And I went outside and I think, I can't remember if it was for a drive or a masked walk, but I was shocked by the beauty of trees again. And I thought that was really, I think it was a walk. The trees hadn't changed when we went into quarantine here in New York. They hadn't turned green and blossomed yet, the flowers. So everything was brown. And I remember being inside while it was brown and then going outside for the first time after a few weeks or maybe a month or more, seeing all the green and just being shocked by it. Like it was the first time I had noticed how beautiful trees were. <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous. Right. But that's that's how different things were, especially here in New York when we were kind of locked down, that the world looked different and things sounded different. And maybe that'll be the case when we all go back to having live concerts in large spaces or small spaces that our ears will hear them differently. Maybe there'll be there'll be more light. There'll be more darkness. There'll be more sparkle. There'll be more edge in in the way we're appreciating what we have and the gratitude that we may discover at a concert. In addition to his role as a symphony player, he does tons of chamber music, including performing with his brother, Demaria McGill, flutist, and Michael McHale, pianist in the McHale, McHale Trio. There's one piece in particular that I return to again and again. It's from composer Valerie Coleman. It's called Portraits of Langston, and it features narrator Marishala Ali. Let's listen to a bit of that now. Helen Keller. She in the dark found light, brighter than many ever see. She within herself found loveliness through the soul's own mastery. And now the world receives from her dower the message of the strength of inner power.
Dance African. The low beating of the tom toms. The slow beating of the tom toms. Low, slow, slow, low. Stirs your blood. Dance. A night veiled girl whirls softly into a circle of light. Whirls softly, slowly like a wisp of smoke around the fire. And the tom-toms beat, and the tom-toms beat, and the low beating of the tom-toms stirs your blood.
That's the McGill-McHale Trio's recording from Valerie Coleman's Portraits of Langston featuring narrator Marshala Ali. Hi, I'm Katie Henriksen. You're listening to my podcast, Sound Off. Today, we heard from clarinetist Anthony McGill. We heard about his initiative, Take Two Knees, what it's like to be a symphonic musician during COVID-19, and so much more. Sound Off explores creativity at the intersection of art, music, and literature to dig into what that work and the people making it tell us about art and life in the 21st century. Now, if you'd like details of the music you heard, head on over to my Substack newsletter. In addition to playlists featuring sounds of season one on Sound Off, also includes handpicked playlists, essays, and extras that don't make the cut into the podcast. That's at soundoff.substack.com. Soundoff is produced solely by me for the Critical Frequency Podcast Network. I hope I've offered you a bit of time to dwell in the music and discover new sounds. I found listening to music essential all my life. Until next time, I hope you continue resonating with that great force of music. Music.